Morning, church. Just a reminder that after the lesson, after the invitation, I know you saw it in the bulletin because everybody reads the bulletin. We're going to have a carrying and sharing dollar day today. If you're not familiar with what that is, we have a carrying and sharing ministry. And three or four times a year, we just pass the trays around to kind of help them with a little more support than what we have in our regular budget. So we call it a dollar day. You can put a dollar in. You can put $100 in. Get your fives and tens and twenties. It's whatever you want to do. And it's optional. You don't have to. But just so you'd be ready towards the end of the service, we're going to have a carrying and sharing dollar day. So, everybody good on that? Where is everybody? We had more people here on Time Change Sunday. Wow. But the faithful are here. A little sleepy, but faithful are here. We're concluding our sermon series today that we've been calling Next Steps, and we've been basing it on some survey um, information. 200 churches, 80,000 people, and they asked them a lot of things, but one of the questions was, what's the most important thing you want from your church? So that's where we've been getting our series. One of the top answers was, challenge me to grow and take the next step in my spiritual life. So that kind of feeds into our mission statement. We want to help people grow into fully devoted Christ followers. How do you do that? Well, there's some steps you can take, and it has to do with growing your faith. I found this quote this week. I thought it was really cool. Martin Luther King, Jr. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. I like that. So we've been talking about taking next steps so that you can become a fully devoted Christ follower. Are there some steps you can take? Are there some habits that you can practice? Are there some things that you can do? Can you measure spiritual growth? And the answer is yes. So we've been talking about next steps. And and that's what we've been going through. Now let me tell you about some more research. Maybe you've heard of Andy Stanley, North Point Community Church. I believe they're the second largest church in the nation on any given Sunday. They probably have about 30,000 people in worship. I think Rodney told me over 60,000 people in small groups. 60,000, they have more people, three times, two, I was in math, two times as many people, 30,000 times two, in small groups. Now, they've done some research, and they've come up with five faith catalysts. There are five things that they believe grow your faith. Now, whether you call them next steps, there are some things you can do if you want to look more like Jesus. There are some steps that you can take if you want to have stronger faith. And if you want your faith to be stronger and you want to look more like Jesus, it's really not that tough. It's just a matter of habits and steps. So let me illustrate this way. Jesus told a parable... In Luke chapter 18, it's a parable about a widow, and it's a parable about not giving up. And at the end of that parable, Jesus asks an interesting question. When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on on the earth? That's why we're talking about next steps. Because wherever you are in your spiritual journey, and it's a journey, okay? It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen over week. It doesn't happen over year. I just made those words up, and they should be in the dictionary. It's a journey. And your journey looks different than my journey. But wherever you are in your journey, there are some steps that you can take so that you look more like Jesus. And there's some steps that you can take. Because if Jesus is coming looking for faith, 
then we need to grow our faith. How do you do that? There's some steps that you can take. Now, let me tell you a couple stories. You find one in Matthew 8 and one in Mark chapter 6. I think it's the only two times in Scripture that it says Jesus was amazed. And both of them have to do with faith. You remember the Roman centurion? He came to Jesus and he said, you know, if you'll just say the word. You know, I understand authority and I've got people underneath me. And if you'll just say the word. And and the fact that he had that kind of faith, it says Jesus, when he heard this, was amazed. And said, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. You don't find great faith stories too many times in the Bible. The other time Jesus was amazed in Mark 6, Jesus goes to his hometown. You remember he goes to his hometown and it says the people were amazed. And he starts preaching and teaching and they're like, who is this guy? And he's got this authority and he's doing miracles. And then somebody says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's just Jesus. I mean, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that Mary's son? And he's got brothers, and aren't these his brothers and sisters with you? You knew Jesus had family. I mean, to think that his family was there. And Jesus became amazed. They were amazed, and then Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Well, he might find great faith. He might find a lack of faith. So becoming a fully devoted Christ follower and taking these steps is a matter of growing your faith. So that's why we're talking about next steps. We're wanting to grow your faith. We're wanting you to be stronger in your faith. Now, when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's what Jesus was interested in. He was always trying to grow people's faith. He was always putting them in situations so that their faith would progress. He was always teaching them, always doing miraculous signs because he wanted their faith to be from here to take another step. To take another step. Even when Jesus was here on the earth, he was trying to instill faith in people. So you find that all through the Gospels. Jesus is wanting to grow people's faith. He wants them to have faith. He wants them to trust in God no matter the circumstances. Now again, your faith journey is different than my faith journey. Your faith journey is different depending on the circumstances of life. Your faith journey is different depending on... Age in life. Let me illustrate. When you've got faith as a teenager, it's different than faith as 50, 60 years old. When you hit college, your faith changes a little bit. When you get married, your faith changes a little bit. When you have your first child, your faith changes a little bit. When they tell you you can take the child home from the hospital, your faith goes like way high. When that child becomes a teenager, your faith goes way high. When that teenager starts driving, your faith goes way high. Different circumstances in life. When your parents get a divorce, your faith changes. When your parents grow old and their health begins to deteriorate, your faith changes. As you grow older and your health changes, Your faith changes. When you need a job, your faith changes. When you lose a job, your faith changes. So Jesus wants us, no matter what the circumstances of life, He wants us to have faith. And He wants that faith to be stronger every day. And faith is simply this, trusting in God and believing that God is there through all of those circumstances of life. Jesus wants us to have faith. And He understands that our faith changes. Listen, folks. 
Your relationship with God is not based on your works. Your relationship with God is based on faith in His works. Your relationship with God and where you stand with God is based on your faith and not in your works. You remember in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus was in the boat and it says a furious squall came about, a big storm. And they thought they were going to die because the waves were coming over the boat. And Jesus was asleep in the stern. And they woke Jesus up and Jesus speaks. And Jesus calms the wind and calms the waves. And He says, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? They had Jesus in the boat. And they were afraid. They were with Jesus. And they were afraid. And they had no faith. And so Jesus wants us, as we go through the storms of life and the different stages of life and in our journey of faith in life, Jesus wants us to day after day have less fear, less doubt, and more faith, more trust in God. How do you do that? Well, wherever you are in your faith journey, you take some steps. There's some things you do so that when the storms of life come, you're a little bit stronger. So, are there... I'm stuck... I'm stuck, Alan. Are there some things you can do to have faith in PowerPoint? Yes, there are. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. That just that messed me up. <clears throat> so here's some things that, that, that we've looked at. Spiritual beliefs and spiritual disciplines. Listen, I'm going to tell you, you need to read your Bible. But I'm going to tell you, reading your Bible and listening to sermons isn't all there is. If you read your Bible and you listen to sermons, and some of you all have listened, listened to hundreds, if not thousands of sermons, but you don't apply it, it does you no good. If you go to Sherwin-Williams and you buy some paint to go home and paint a room or paint your house and you put that paint in the garage, it does you no good. Not until the application comes into play. Now let me tell you something about the research. Research says that when you read your Bible and... You apply God's Word and you see that God wants your faith to grow. When you see God doing things, when you apply God's Word, your faith grows. So that's what we mean by spiritual disciplines and spiritual beliefs. We said the first step of obedience is baptism. We had a sermon on that. We talked about small groups and relationships. Life was never meant to, to be alone. You need to be connected. Life is healthier if you're connected. Doctors will tell you and research will tell you that when you're connected with people and in a community, you live a healthier life. But let me tell you this. When you're connected with people, your faith grows. There's a health benefit and there's a faith benefit. And we talked about found people, fine people. <clears throat> okay, when you share your testimony, when you tell people, here's what God's doing in my life, it's a step of faith. And you start seeing. And when you tell people what God is doing, your faith grows. So those are some things that you can do to grow your faith. So if you're thinking, well, you know, I, I don't know what to do. Lord, increase my faith. And you sit there and do nothing. Probably not going to increase your faith. So today we're going to do one more step. <clears throat> I did all that to get to one more step. Whoop, sorry, go back. Did you do that or did I do that? Did God do that? It's real simple. Save people, serve people. All right? Save people, serve people. Now, let me talk about this. If you're thinking Richie just wants us to fill slots, it's not what I'm interested in. 
Here's what they found out about people in the research. North Point, the one in 2008 by Willow Creek. When people start saying things like, you know, when I went on that mission trip, when I taught that class, when they threw me into the children's ministry, when I started helping in the community, when I started feeding the poor, here's what they found. When people were put in serving opportunities, their faith skyrocketed. Their faith jumped immensely. It's a catalyst for growth. When you serve people, your faith grows. There's a benefit to the people you're serving. There's a huge benefit to you because you're serving. Now, here's why. Let me tell you this. Most of the time in faith journey stories, here's what people say. You know, I I signed up to go on that mission trip and I was scared to death. I was in way over my head. When they asked me to teach a class, I thought, there's no way. I can't do this. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the talent. And when you feel incompetent and when you feel inadequate, you know what you do? Lord, you're going to have to help me. You pray to the Lord. You get on your knees and you study the Bible. Lord, I need your help, 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 need your help. And then you go on that mission trip and then you teach that class and you discover that leaning on God, God comes through and rescues and He empowers. And through your inadequacy, He makes you adequate. And your faith grows immensely in your journey of faith. That's why you need to serve, because it will force you to lean on God. Now, let me let me let me talk to ministry leaders and deacons and whoever puts people in charge. When we refuse to put people in serving roles, we rob them of an opportunity to grow their faith. It's not about filling slots. It's about filling faith. When we refuse to involve people and let people serve, we are robbing them of an opportunity to grow their faith. We should be forcing people into those situations. We should be throwing people into those situations. We should help them. We should equip them. But when you put people in situations where they don't feel competent and they feel in way over their head, they lean on God. They trust in God. We say, well, I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to, and I'm not sure of that. Listen, folks, that never changes. Let me illustrate. Seventeen years ago, you took a risk on a younger person to be your minister. I wasn't in full-time preaching. I was in full-time college ministry. I would preach once a month to some of our supporting congregations... And then through a variety of things, I came here. I can tell you I was in way over my head. I can tell you that I prayed, Lord, I can't do this. I can tell you that I still pray, Lord, I can't do this. Because when you put yourself into a situation for God to use you, it's a constant reminder, God, I need your help. I need your help. I really need your help. I need your help this week. 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 And you lean on God and you trust in God and you pray to God. And that's called faith. 
So when you put yourself in a role to serve, some great things happen. So here's what I want you to do. Next slide. I'm going to let you go ahead, Alan. Boom. Wow, I like that. Here's your homework assignment for life. Give your faith an opportunity to grow. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort bubble. When the mission team says, hey, we want to help some people go on a trip. We need some people to go on a trip. Let's start talking. Go to Ghana. Go to Honduras. I mean, think about it. We had some young people go on. I think Bruce is going to tell us about that today. We had some young people go on a mission trip. You think that got them out of their comfort zone? You think that got their parents out of their comfort zone? You think the parents' faith was increasing when you go on mission? I want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to teach a class. I'm not just asking you to fill a slot. I'm asking you to grow your faith. Because I want you to take another step in your spiritual journey. I want your faith to be strong. Jesus wants your faith to be strong. So I want you to help with caring and sharing. I want you to help in the neighborhood. I want you to help with Habitat for Humanity. I want you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing so that you'll rely on God to make you feel adequate. I want you to give your faith an opportunity to grow. I don't know what it is. You get to decide. But every day, I want to encourage you to serve in some way. Every day, I want to encourage you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing. Because you'll be praying to God and leaning on God. And it's a reminder that you need God. And it's a reminder that you're inadequate. And it's a reminder that God is adequate. Your inadequacy is an opportunity for God to show His adequacy. So I want you to give your faith an opportunity to grow. So we've been talking about next steps. And that's what... I just went blank. I'm sorry. Okay, I had to tell you this story. As you read through the Bible, when you find people the most afraid, get ready for God to do the most. When God called Moses to be a deliverer for his people, five excuses Moses made. The last thing Moses said to God was, Lord, can you please find someone else? You can do that this week. Hey, can you get someone else? 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 And let me tell you something. Your faith is going to be down here. Your faith is going to be down here. Lord, get someone else. Get someone else. Get someone else. Get someone else. When you say, okay, I'll try. Guess what? Your faith just took a step. Well, I'm not sure, but I'll... Your faith just took a step. Well, okay, I'll teach for a quarter. Okay, I'll go on a one-week mission trip, but I'm not going to... Okay, I'll help with. That's when your faith grows. When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith? He will if you take some next steps. We offer the invitation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to this earth not only to save us, but Jesus came to this earth so that we would find faith and have faith. And put our faith in Him. So when we offer the invitation, this isn't the invitation for the Pine Tree Church of Christ. This is the invitation of Jesus Christ for you to have faith and to take a step and say, you know, I don't don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to try to start following Jesus. And if He says I need to confess, I'll confess. And if He says I need to repent and change directions, I'll do that. And if He says I need to be baptized, okay, I'll... 
take that step too. And I'm not really sure I know what I'm doing. Listen, folks, you can be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 and still not know what you're doing. But you can still have faith in God and trust in Him. So if you need to respond to the invitation and put your faith in Jesus, here's what He does. Here's what He promises. He'll wash you clean. He'll remove all the sins of your life. You'll start over. You can start a new life today, a fresh life. All the things in your past that you're saying, you know, I, I wish I could just get rid of those. I, I don't know if I can stand right with God. Jesus says, let me wash those away for you. You leave here, the Bible says, a new creation. You crucify your old self. You're raised up to walk in newness of life. And that's the first step of your journey in walking with Jesus. If you need to meet with our shepherds, you can meet with them in the back. And they'll take you to a private room and they will embrace you in prayer. And they will lift you up before the throne of grace. If you need to respond to the invitation in any way, would you make a decision today as we stand and sing?